what is good? Welcome to Spirit Bill Real Talk with Juliana. I am your host, Juliana Page, and I am so excited that you are here. I am an author, a speaker, and a professional life coach, but really, I am here to give you practical wisdom that you can integrate into every area of your life so that you can thrive and not just survive. So if you are ready to live a spirit-led life and level up your inner game so that you can win in your outer game. Let's dive right in. What is good, everybody? Ooh-wee. I hope you are ready for this word. This one came really interesting. I had some revelation, you know, with 2020 being the year that we're in. I don't know if you remember, but it seemed like before 2020, before New Year's, everyone was amped on vision and, you know, everything that this year was going to be. But I just keep thinking hindsight is 2020, hindsight is 2020, hindsight is 2020. And this whole year has really been an invitation, not only to have a divine pause and a divine timeout, so to speak, where it's like, go to your room and reflect on some things. (laughs) Uh, But it's also been a really interesting time to just become more self-aware, to become more conscious, to really assess your values and and lessons that you're learning. And so if I'm the first one to, to give you this invitation, I invite you just to think about all of the wonderful things that you've been learning and that you have been accomplishing and give yourself some credit for that. Before we even dive into this message, I really just want to encourage you to do that, that in addition to seeing things that are are wrong or that that require some change or that you desire to see transformation in, make sure that you are also giving an adequate amount of time to everything that you are actually learning, how much you've grown, how you've shifted, how you've changed, how you've developed, how you've pivoted, how you've done some truly amazing things, even if they seem small, right, to you, they're not small. Okay, so just even if you want to make a list of them, sometimes it's really powerful to even have a page in a notebook that's just dedicated to all of these lessons that you've been learning. Maybe your top 30, whatever that is, but you'd be surprised how many lessons that you're learning and that really just instills this sense of confidence that we don't always give ourselves credit for. So I invite you to do that if you've not done that, but also what are some of the things in hindsight that you're like, wow, like that's totally God showing up for me. That's totally God being faithful. That's totally God making a way where there was no way. That's totally God developing my character in this way. Whatever it is, take a look at what God has been up to too. So those are the two things that I invite you to do in this year, right? Really, really see what is this pause, so to speak, been about for you personally. Okay, and do it from an angle of positive lessons, although challenging, right? (laughs) And that required a lot of growth and stretching, but also what has God been doing? How has God been showing up for you? Okay, so with that, I was doing some of this work myself. I really, really believe in walking in radical responsibility and 
calling out your BS, your belief systems, or the other words that you want to use there, but really, really being intentional so that you can hold people to that standard as well, because you can't bring the breakthrough that you don't carry, right? And you can't teach what you haven't learned, and you can't really walk in the authority of an area that you don't have authority in. So that's sort of the why behind that. But as I was doing some reflection work, I was really, really getting this highlighted to me, the power of our words. And I'm going to speak as a female to some females on today, but by no means is that, you know, limiting who this, this is for everybody, plainly. This is for everybody. So I'm going to be speaking from some real talk, some spirit fill real talk. So I'm going to be speaking from a couple of verses to back this word up. But I'll give you a little bit of a story because part of the story isn't mine to tell, but I'll give you a little bit. So I have a dear friend that was walking through a really rough season. When I first met him, I didn't know that he was in a tough time. And I don't believe that he recognized the severity of the time that he was in either. Um, And about a year and a half into our connection, I was blindsided by news and I'm sure he was too. (laughs) And it really created a mess in our connection. And as I was going through this, my initial reactions were to make it about me, if I'm honest. Like, oh my God, I can't believe I was lied to. I was betrayed. What does that mean? You know, and making it totally about me, getting into fear mode, getting into sometimes a victim mode and and definitely overthinking. That's a tendency that I've had when I feel afraid or when I feel overwhelmed or when I'm really facing some things that are unknown and intimidating. I can go into over analysis, <laughs> overthinking, future tripping, anxiety, right? Uh, and a whole lot of fear. So I was going into that space and that was definitely not bringing out the best of me, but I had a beautiful woman speak a word into my life and she said, God is trusting you with this. Looked me dead in the eyes and said, God is trusting you with this. And it blew my mind because I'm like, now are you for real? Because this, you know, again, if I'm coming from a victim mode, I'm like, this is not about me. This person is wrong. I can't believe this, you know? And so that hit though, you know, when conviction hits, you can't deny it. You might not agree with it initially, but you can't deny it. So I kept moving with that, and it has been four years, okay, that I was walking through this, and it was wild. But as I reflected on hindsight, right, I was really seeing some unhealed parts of me still. I was seeing what it meant for God to trust me with this. I was seeing a lot of what I wasn't trained in or what I hadn't learned I was really getting a lot of feedback about how my behavior, about how my thoughts, about how things that were stored up in my heart were affecting another person. And it was just so, so revealing. So I'm going to unpack a little bit about that practically, but I wanted to give you some context first. So I'm going to dive in. You can see from the title of this message that I'm fixing me. I'm fixing me. I'm fixing me because sometimes I'm the problem, okay? I'm fixing me because sometimes I'm the problem. Now that takes 
an intense amount of courage and humility and a willingness to do the work because apart from God, we can't do this kind of work when you go into the deep, right? So the the beautiful thing about this process was not only was this friend healing and going on their own journey, but so was I. And so we had a shared journey, which was incredibly powerful and ultimately it brought us closer together but it was wild. And I don't believe that we would have that story, we'd have that testimony if God was not at the center. So I want to break down some of this. So as a setup, I'm going to give you a word from 1 Samuel, and you can just listen in case you're driving. (laughs) I'm gonna give you a word from 1 Samuel 25, 32 through 35. Now, set up for this, a lot of times you probably have noticed there's so much talk about Jezebel, okay, and the spirit of Jezebel and how Jezebel shows up and wreaks havoc and all that stuff, right? But I'm saying on today, let's talk about Abigail. There's not a lot of talk about Abigail and her character is on point. And I think sometimes we need stories about not character flaws, but character that is a great reflection, right? Great modeling behavior. Sometimes we need that, not just the bad stuff. And I can talk about Jezebel, okay? But that's not where we're going today. We're going to Abigail. So, 1 Samuel 25, 32 through 33. I'm sorry, to 35. David said to Abigail, Praise be to the Lord, the God of Israel, who has sent you today to meet me. May you be blessed for your good judgment and for keeping me from bloodshed this day and from avenging myself with my own hands. Otherwise, as surely as the Lord, the God of Israel lives, who has kept me from harming you, if you had not come quickly to meet me, not one male belonging to Nabal would have been left alive by daybreak. Then David accepted from her hand what she had brought him and said, go home in peace. I have heard your words and granted your request. Lord, (laughs) Lord. Okay, so this is highlighting the power in our words and the power of our words and the power that we don't always recognize that we carry, okay? So this is going to be really talking about there's a language. There is a language and it's a kingdom language, okay? And just for backstory, I know that I love definitions and language is a principal method of human communication consisting of words used in a structured and conventional way and conveyed by speech, writing, or gesture. A system of communication used by a particular country or community, a system of symbols and rules for writing, and let's see, a way to understand one another as a result of shared opinions and values. So language is very, very powerful, okay? So we're gonna talk about this a little bit. So a couple of things that have been highlighted in teaching so far is that faith in God really requires faith in his timing, okay? And when we don't have that faith, it can really shift our perspective. And also what we allow to get stored up in our heart And out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So that's really important to recognize. And 
we've got to get to, and if you haven't, totally cool, but we've got to get to a place where we have this nevertheless posture. I, I really want this, nevertheless, I'm gonna trust you. I, I really have sensed that my faith is wavering, but nevertheless, I'm leaning in and I'm standing on the word that you've given me, okay? So it's these deeply rooted posture. It's a deeply rooted posture and it has obedience, holiness and prayer. These are results of that posture, right? Like we take steps of obedience. We are walking in holiness. We're not intentionally out there engaging in sin and activating our old nature. And we have a strong prayer life because we believe in the power of prayer. So that's how you can really see your faith in action. Okay. And and faith and patience are, are often together because patience is the ability to survive the not yets. And all of us, to some degree, have these not yets in our life. I think it was Joyce Meyer that said, you know, I'm not who I was. I'm not where I want to be. But thank God, right? I'm not where I used to be. And I think what she's highlighting, in my opinion, is also this ability to embrace the process because we're always going to be going from A to B in our life, right? And so a majority of our life is the journey. It is the process. And so if you're not really embracing that, if you're not engaging the process, if you're not present and intentional with the process, then you're going to live in survival mode and that is not thriving, okay? So patience is fruit that that comes from this growing capacity to thrive even in the not yet, okay? And it's interesting, I think this is funny, but I think it's so true that we are really told to go and build disciples, right? But disciples are disciplined people, okay? That's what they are. (laughs) So you yourself have to be a disciplined purpose. Disciplined purpose, okay. Well, purpose will help you be disciplined, but you have to be a disciplined person. There we go. So again, highlighting some of the qualities of that, obedience, holiness, and prayer, okay? So part of that requires knowing the season that you're in and what's inside of you or what you carry because sometimes attacks come to you because of what you carry, okay? And we're not, I know that that folks that believe in the law of attraction, which I do not, would say that you attract what you are, but my, my thought in this is that you're not always responsible for what you attract, but you are responsible for what you atta- entertain and give life and energy and focus to, okay? So just some context there. So let's dive into this. The language in this case of a queen, because we're talking kingdom, or a king, is the difference between being venomous and virtuous, okay, right? Like, are you spitting cursing and hate and negativity and literally destroying and destructing? Or are you speaking life? Are you speaking encouragement? Are you building up? Okay. If you want to be a kingdom activator, that is a huge question for you to actually sit with and be radically honest about. In your speaking, in the use of your words, what are you saying? Oh, well, I just swear sometimes. Okay. But that's still stored up in your heart. Okay. So How can you get your words to match Jesus? Think about that, okay? Because again, people people don't always know your heart, but they, they see it by what you say. So keep that in mind. Are you activating kingdom in all you think, say, and do? That is a 
just huge self-check. Am I activating kingdom in all I think, say, and do? If the answer is no, where is it no? And there, there you have your work, <laughs> right? That's where you can work on your inner game, okay? So another verse to back this with some spare fill real talk. Here's another verse. This is coming from Proverbs 18:21. And this is the tongue has the power of life and death, and those who love it will eat its fruit. Okay? So often we are speaking a lot without monitoring our our mouth <laughs> without being very conscious of what we are speaking or the impact that that's having right it's it's careless but it's careless because it's thoughtless there's not a lot of intention behind it and so in order to recognize the power of a thing you have to know what its function is and so the function for a kingdom activator is to speak life to build up it's very prophetic, okay? Now, if you're you're not aware of that, you might use your mouth to tear down, to gossip, to blame, to shame, to do all sorts of things, right? Without thinking about the impact, okay? So, another key highlight is that all of us, whether we're a king or a queen, we also have a fool <laughs> on the inside of all of us, the old nature, the old man, okay? Do you know which one that you're talking to with yourself and with other people? Do you know what you're activating? Okay. And do you know how to talk to the king or queen in another person? These are skills. These are skills. And sometimes that does, as is true in my story, that requires experiential education. (laughs) So for example, if you talk very negatively and destructively to yourself, it is likely that you will do that, maybe not to everybody, but to those closest to you. In some way, that's going to come out. You're going to hold them to a standard that you probably hold yourself to, which is unachievable. It is maybe perfectionism, and it's tearing down because perfectionists are never happy, right? And we're about progress here in the kingdom. So just an example, all right? So all of us, King or queen are always stronger on our knees, okay? This is something that we walk out this supernatural life with God. We cannot do it apart from God, okay? Now, think about this when you think about the power of your tongue. What if you didn't have somebody to encourage you with truth? What if you didn't have that? Better yet, have you ever had a voice in your corner when you needed it most? And how did that change your life? Think about that because you could be that voice, but it's not something that just happens. It's something that you intentionally practice so that you get better at it, so that you don't miss these divine opportunities, okay? And when you're in a battle, this is what you need the most. You need somebody that knows the kingdom language, somebody that knows how to activate the king or queen in you because we are walking around in a world with a lot of wounded people, right? We all have brokenness that we walk through. We all have things that that hurt. We all have things that, that trigger us in, in different ways that we've learned to cope with those things, some healthy, some not, right? So it is really, really important to, for a man, for example, see other men that know how to activate their roar, right? Or that really can walk out biblical manhood. Or same with women. 
really seeing a, a queen and how she she models how to speak, how she models how to be a good steward, how she models how to help and not be a doormat and not be walked on, right? Like we need examples of what healthy nurturing looks like, right? We don't want to enable, yes, equip and empower, but we don't want to enable dysfunction and victimization and powerlessness and hopelessness. That's that's not it, right? So it's really, really important. And if you are inspired or called or have that, oh my goodness, that heaviness almost, that I will not rest until I, I really lean into this and I'm doing this work, then do the work <laughs> in whatever way you can. Use what's in your hand and work what's in front of you. Okay, but a lot of times, as is true of only hearing stories about Jezebel and not Abigail, right? As is true, and we'll get back to Abigail in a second, but there are not just wounded women walking around the world, there are wounded men too, okay? And it's important, for example, to see women who aren't just, you know, a nurse or mothering or to a man, okay, that aren't just nursing a man, mothering a man, fixing a man, making him a project. Like, that's not what it's about. Yes, you point him to God. Yes, you remind him of who he is, but you don't do the work for him, okay? And the same for a man. A man also knows how to speak, needs to learn, if he doesn't know, how to to speak to a woman, how to truly be a partner with a woman, right? This is both sides, but I am speaking more to women on today. Okay, so an example of this is that in the word, David is anointed as king, okay? He had a pasture placement, right? Before he was king, he was just doing work out in the fields, right? But he has a palace anointing. So for him, it was really important to guard who he was in contact with and who he spent time with. Okay, and it's the same for you. You are not going to become the king or queen that you are designed to be if you're hanging around the wrong people. It's not going to activate the right things in you. Okay, so just a side note to not get that out of context. But the language we need can cause us to be who God called us to be. We need that kind of language. We need to speak to ourselves with that language and we need to practice that language so that we can actually call forth the golden people. We can call out their greatness. We can cause them literally to be who God called them to be. We can remind them of who that is. We can point them to who that is. We can encourage them with that. And that's what people need more of. If we are screwing up, we know inherently that we're screwing up. We don't need more people to point out the dirt. We need more people that can use their language, okay? So keep that in mind. Now, another person, this is the thing too. This is not just a biblical thing. Delilah, for example, in the word, in the word was from the, the secular, right? But she knew how to use the language, okay? So men, just like women, can be deceived too. A lot of times we just say that men are this or men are that. It's not that way. Like men can be deceived too, okay? Just like women can. So it's really, really important to have wisdom and discernment when it comes to language. It's not just about developing the language and being aware that you carry that power, but also pay attention because some people, the enemy, great example, the enemy knows the language. So you've really got to test the spirits to know what they're of. That's discernment. That's wisdom, okay? And that was one of the things that really led to my 
salvation experience was I was so hungry for discernment and wisdom, okay? Because I didn't want to go down all of these paths only to find out that they end in destruction. I wanted wisdom, okay? So, <sighs> let's keep going here. All right. So, when it comes to a king or a queen, we, our role, our function in relationship is to help one another evolve into manhood or wo- womanhood, okay? So, for example, a lot of times we would think, oh, if this man has a relationship with God, if he has a prayer life, if he's doing well with his business or his purpose, you know, then he's a kingdom sold out man, <laughs> right? But kingdom sold out men still need help, okay? And a woman is a helper and she helps with wisdom, with virtue, with purity, with character, with a prayer life to really help upgrade the man. That That is the context of relationship, right? None of that says nursing, momming, <laughs> fixing, making him a project, none of that, right? A a woman, a queen, really needs to know who she is so that she can operate in the right context that can bring that out of a man, can activate that in a man, okay? Super important, all right? Same with the men. Men have worked too, okay? And I'm going to remind you of that. Now, it's interesting. So, for example, on the man side, Sometimes when a woman is activating, a man might call that nagging, but it's really teaching him to listen because it could be activating the king man in him, right? The kingdom man. But sometimes that's just dismissed as, I don't want to listen. So that is something to just for, for men to pay attention to. Okay, so here here's a key point. When you know who you are and you know what's inside of you, Okay, it takes strength to really understand this wholeness and to operate from it. Okay, you really, really develop this with God. That is so, so important. Okay, and if you're tired of reactions and you really want better responses, then you've got to check what's going on with you. And I know we don't like to do that, but that is the whole example here that I'm highlighting from 1 Samuel. Abigail knew the language, okay? Because she was with this man named Nabal. And he, his name means fool, okay? So like she's literally with a fool. And the most compelling thing I think that we can extract from this is that she didn't allow who she was with to change her behavior. She didn't act like a fool because she was with one. She didn't embody foolishness because she could, right? She did not do that. She actually was a voice. She used her voice. She used the language. She used the power that she carried to impact change. And David accepted from her what she came to speak and told her to go in peace. And he granted her request. Now, what would have happened if she hadn't showed up? Who knows, right? So that is so, so important, all right? So I'm fixing me because sometimes I'm the problem, okay? So here's something to to practically take home. I know I've given you some goodies, but here's something. Number one, what is the condition of your heart? Because as I mentioned, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth will speak. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth will speak. Okay, so what is the condition of your heart? 
if Jesus doesn't have your heart, it won't manifest in your mouth. <laughs> if Jesus doesn't have your heart, it won't manifest in your mouth, okay? So you've got to recognize the condition of your heart and you've got to recognize the condition of the heart of those that you are in relationship with. Is your heart whole? And I think it's a, another great word to know the definition of. So let me let me share a definition with you. All right, so whole means all of, entire, in an unbroken or undamaged state, in one piece, a thing that is complete in itself. Woo, that's good, right? So, so good. Okay. Man, a thing that is complete in itself, okay? So that's something to recognize. All right, is your heart whole? Are you complete in yourself, right? Is it thirsty? Like, are you craving constant attention, constant validation, constant affirmation, constant attention from the exterior world? Are you thirsty? Are you polluted? Have you been storing up a lot of lies and fears and hurts and pain and unforgiveness and resentment and bitterness? and chaos. Like what is in your heart? Is that still in there? Has any of that been dealt with? Because if you're polluted, you will pollute. All right. And is it broken? Is it broken? Sometimes when we've been in a lot of dysfunctional, unhealthy relationships, there can be a lot of patterns of brokenness. There could be a lot of un- healed parts of ourself. We can just feel like there's pieces of us everywhere, kind of, that have never been brought back together. And it's God that can do that. A part of my story was God literally breaking my heart completely open so he could bring all of those crazy pieces back together and creating me a clean heart. Okay, so that's part of my story. But hear me on this. This is the golden nugget on today that you've got to recognize your heart. Because here's the thing. Out of the abundance, whatever you've been cooking up in there, out of the abundance of your heart, the mouth will speak. So what flow do you have? Do you have a whole flow? Do you have a thirsty flow? (laughs) Do you have a polluted flow? And do you have a broken flow? So this is often why I know people are coming to me about really craving a relationship and they've just gotten out of something dysfunctional. I encourage to at least at least bare minimum, give it a year. Just like put a do not disturb on your heart, give it a year to really recognize the flow that you have, do healing work, walk with God, like embrace being complete in yourself with God and knowing what that feels like because you that is a gift that you carry into relationship, okay? So what flow do you have and what is the flow that other people have? So in my example, I really had to recognize the flow that I have, okay? So I'm fixing me, because sometimes I'm the problem. This means that, okay, whatever happened in this connection, okay? Yes, hurtful, yes, triggered some things, but it wouldn't trigger it if it wasn't unhealed, if it wasn't something that needed to be addressed. So I still had some things that were broken. I still had some things that were polluted, I still had some things that were not whole, okay? And I also was looking to this person to to fix all of this. Hear that, okay? I was looking to a person who was probably going through one of the most 
devastating, challenging, craziest seasons probably of his life, right? And I'm looking to him to make me feel okay. Like what? <laughs> right? Like in hindsight, again, like, okay, like I can, I can see where my, where my hurt self was coming from. But at the same time, how could I even be looking to somebody who's walking through a crazy season, right? Who, who's wounded, who's in a very vulnerable place. Uh, how am I going to look to him to bring me what I think that I need? When God was pointing me to what I need, you need to address what is going on in your heart. You need to recognize the power of your words are going to be critical, literally life and death in how this plays out. Because I was one of the, the closest people to, to this person. So what I would say would have a, a pretty large impact, right? Huge, huge, okay? But this would never have worked had I not just vented about this and gotten the opinions of man, had I not committed to doing healing work, had I not committed to seeking God in this, had I not committed to leveling up my lifestyle habits, had I not committed to not just making this about me and being prideful and selfish and, oh man, oh man. So it was like operation get whole, <laughs> right? For, for, for me, yes, but also for the impact that that could have. So when you are whole, right? There's a whole lot of work for you to do in the world. Absolutely. A whole lot of kingdom work for you to do in the world. But you can't do this kingdom work if you're not whole. You can't do it, right? Because your flow will be polluted. It'll be thirsty. It'll be broken. And that has consequences. There's repercussions of that, right? So speaking life, speaking encouragement, building people up, the very gift of prophecy, right, requires wholeness and purity, the word says, blessed are the pure in heart. So it is a daily thing to be looking at what's going on in your heart, okay? What are the thoughts that you're thinking? What are the beliefs that you're storing up in your heart? What are the words? Like your words are going to be so revealing as to what you've been storing up in your heart. And you've got to recognize that there is so much power in what you say. Abigail, in this story, 1 Samuel 25, she knew the power of language. She walked in her queendom, so to speak, right? It didn't, she knew her purpose. She knew who she was connected to. She knew her role and she knew her power and she used it. And she used it with grace. She had a language of the kingdom, language of a queen. And she is a beautiful representation of this. And she walks out Proverbs. She walks out Proverbs 18.21 right? I am going to be a voice of power, of strengthening, of equipping, of empowering, not of destruction, not of evil, right? I'm going to use my voice for good no matter who I'm connected to, okay? And we get to choose that. But that comes from a place too of I'm fixing me because sometimes I'm the problem, okay? So there could be a circumstance that rocks your world, there could be people that let you down. Hello, we're human. <laughs> okay, we're, we're not God. We're carriers of God, but we're not God. Okay, so we will let ourselves down. We will let other people down. We will be hurt. We weren't promised that we wouldn't be. Okay, but when you know your power and you, you know 
the, the impact that that can have. You can commit yourself to a very different standard, a very different way of living, and you can increase your, your impact and your influence in that way, not from a place of making people your projects, not from a place of forcing your will, not from a place of control and manipulation and running your own game and agenda, none of that. But doing your own work, I'm fixing me because sometimes I'm the problem and flowing from a whole place. That will do wonders if you can get that. That's why we need daily bread. That's why we seek the kingdom first. That's why we abide in the Lord. Because apart from God, we can do no good thing. Apart from God, we are nothing. Nothing good flows unless it's coming from God, right? Like we've seen that movie before. We've seen what happens when it's up to us. When we're left to our own thought life, yo, it's called monkey mind. When our emotions don't have God in the mix, they are crazy unstable. When our hearts is left to us to manage, there's a lot of stuff that gets up in there. We need a complete detox, right? So, all right, here are (laughs) some things. I'm going to tie this in a lovely bow for you. Okay, the invitation at the top of this podcast is to take a reflection in hindsight, 2020 hindsight, what are some powerful lessons that you've been learning? Maybe maybe there's just one that you're like, dude, right? Maybe there's 30, whatever it is. But write these lessons down and put them in a place where you can call them forth when you need them. And also, look at what God has been doing. Look at what God has been doing. How present God has actually been in your life. Reflect on that. Then we transitioned into faith. Faith in God requires faith in his timing and patience is the ability to survive the not yets. And we really discover both of these when we're navigating the season that we're in and building an awareness of that and really remembering what's inside of us because sometimes our attacks, right, are because of that, okay? But something that we can control in the process is the language. We can develop this, we can practice this, but what we've got to do is we've got to know right? The kingdom language. We've got to know that it exists and we need to know who we're talking to. Are we talking to ourselves from an old self or are we talking to ourselves from the kingdom? Okay. And do we know how to talk to and activate kingdom? If you don't, that could be where the work is. How, what is a kingdom mindset? What is kingdom language? How do I apply that to this area of my life where I've been speaking probably some of the wrong things and I'm getting all these reactions that I don't like, all right? So the first step in really recognizing this is understanding that sometimes we're the problem. (laughs) And it's really a condition of our hearts because out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth will speak and that is what your flow is. So is your flow whole? Is it thirsty? Is it polluted? Is it broken? What kind of flow do you have? Okay, and God wants you to be whole. So the call to action on today, the invitation on today, the encouragement on today is to get whole. Get whole. Do not forsake your healing work. Do not take for granted your relationship with God. It is the greatest privilege that we have. Do not underestimate the power of your words And what can happen when you speak and operate not only from kingdom, but speak kingdom language. Okay? 
All right, guys, that is a word. I am telling you, you might need to re-listen to this one or, or star this one or share it with friends, something. <laughs> OMG, OMG. All right, guys, so here's a couple of things to bless your soul. So number one is if you haven't subscribed, make sure that you do that. And if this message did bless you, share it with a friend. I think it's really important to be getting spirit-filled real talk out there. A lot of times we just talk about personal development, but I know this to be true experientially that I could invest in a lot of self-help, but it wasn't until I had God in my life that real transformation began to happen. So People need spirit-filled real talk in their life. So sharing is caring. Make sure you share with a friend. You can also follow me over on Miss Juliana page on Instagram. And there are coaching programs, spirit-filled coaching programs, kingdom-building coaching programs over on julianapage.com. There is also a self-mastery course. So if you're recognizing that there's some things that need addressing in your life because you, in fact, are the problem. You want to fix your flow. You want to be a joy dealer. There is a self-mastery course over there. It is six weeks. That's perfect amount of time to get it done before the end of the year and to really start the new year on a good foot. So go check out those resources. And until next time, guys, stay blessed. <laughs>